And starting. Hi everyone, I'm today here. I'm with Angelica. Angelica is a very experienced trauma recovery practitioner and she worked with many people all around the world. And she also recently has given so many workshops. You've been really busy over the last couple of months and maybe even years. <laughs> so, uh, hi Angelica. Hi Sane, thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> I don't know what more to say. Um, yeah, I've been recently doing uh, much more group work. Actually, in the last two years, uh, I've been doing more uh, inner child uh, work, so uh, in a groups. And this summer, I've been delivering weekly, like uh, once a week for two and a half months. I had a workshop and then uh, one long retreat I did as well for... Uh, yeah, it was on the coast of Croatia, and now mm -hmm. I have uh, upcoming workshops around Europe, and yeah, I'm enjoying this work very much. Yeah, that's amazing. So I've also been really, uh, done a lot of inner child work myself over the last couple of years, and it's really helped me so much. Um, but how would you kind of describe inner child work uh, to someone that ha isn't that familiar with it yet, or is really new to it? Um, yeah, I often actually get asked this question and mm -hmm. I'm always saying, um, because people also uh, ask me, oh, inner child work and then what is shadow work, but what is regression? And I'm mm -hmm. always uh, linking these three things together because I often say you can't do inner child work unless you do shadow work as well if you want to heal the wounds. So they're closely connected. And in order for you to do shadow work, so you need to do inner child work because you are entering the inner child. And also that's already regression, which means you're going in the past. So kind of interlink these three things. Uh, so it's basically getting back to us, to ourselves. And usually, I mean, we can have a, a great memories. We don't have to do inner child for the great memories. We can, why not, you know? Some people also, they have issues of being happy. Uh, you know, accepting the happiness. So, but in general, people, they have wounds, wounds from the past, which are keeping them stuck in a, in a place where they are right now. And this is why they keep coming to me. They actually, the inner child, uh, uh, these two words are inviting uh, them to my workshop or to working, to work with me because they feel they lost this child somewhere. They feel empty they feel uh, they can't follow the purpose or they just feel too serious mm -hmm. especially when i work with much older people so they really they want to uh, awaken the child within okay yeah that's amazing so and because i feel like inner child work is so powerful because a lot of things a lot of issues we currently have in our life right now a lot of things they and it stemmed back from our childhood when we go a lot deeper into it. So if we want to resolve it, it's such a powerful way to do that. Uh, and what I also what I find very interesting is how people find this kind of work. Because we all have our different way. And for me as well, my different way of finding this work. And a lot of times it comes from certain periods and certain times that we causes something and wanting to change and um, that's why I kind of want to ask you as well of how did you find this work and what motivated you to do what you're doing today uh, thank you the first thing that I actually want to come back to what you just said was uh, that I have had the workshops I, I call them differently and I've noticed that I, I didn't uh, get the results that I want or I didn't target the group or you know there were not many people coming 
when I would mention trauma or wounds. <laughs> However, inner child is something that's more inviting. And it's, yeah. again, we're working with trauma, we're working with the wounds. But it's, it's interesting that it was more positive terminology. Uh, child, there's something positive about it. You know, although people feel uh, lots of grief or, 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 you know, lots of negative emotions connected maybe to it. Um, my own uh, journey to this inner child work, wow, going to try to keep it brief. <laughs> so I grew up as, a, as an orphan child in a, a quite abusive uh, foster family, uh, emotionally, mentally, physically. And uh, I'm actually now like connecting a lot with my shame from my childhood. For me at the moment, the topic that I'm uh, working a lot with uh, because of my childhood is a lot of this shaming, criticizing judgment in general. Um, and then I, yeah, I left the, the, the family, uh, when I was 19 and I kind of got freedom, which I always wanted, but I have, I had nothing else. So I was wounded and, and I had lots of issues, uh, uh, to heal. So I have chosen my career path accordingly to heal. So first I needed to heal, um, to heal physical parts, um, and mentally, I mean, I was pretty strong. I was, uh, I, I was enrolled in a law university, so I, I felt, you know, so smart <laughs> at that university, which was the top university in the country. And uh, uh, however, physically, I didn't feel healthy, so I needed to lose 20 kilos. Uh, so I even, uh, went into, I studied, I studied fitness and nutrition to help myself. <laughs> so when I improved that, then I became passionate because of that transformation to help others because I knew it's possible because I was fatsy <laughs> on one side and, and really like with the loss of confidence and, and, and you know, really introverts uh, to become then a role model or to teach others. You have to be also, you have to become a bit extroverted and uh, to build your own self-esteem and then uh, this wasn't this wasn't fulfilling me physical part so i had to do uh, had to go a more an emotional part so i did actually had a i had a i had the dream to study psychology but at, after law university which i abandoned after three years you know being there uh, i actually felt like I didn't want to go for another university because I wasn't sure will I pursue it <laughs> till the end. So then I was I was searching and developed uh, searching for something similar. Uh, I was in Dubai at the time, so I, I came from Croatia to England, and from England uh, I came to Dubai where I was searching for something closer to psychology that I could get there. Uh, uh, it was still like think online courses were still just at the beginning, if even they started. <laughs> so I'm an older generation. And uh, the only thing that was available was British certification uh, uh, in uh, business and corporate coaching and mentoring. So I did that and I started working uh, with people in business and career, helping them to shift because I have left my law <laughs> university and potential of, of uh, that industry uh, for fitness. And I was very fulfilled, but although I wanted to achieve more and uh, yeah, I was very young and it was a bit um, weird for me to coach, uh, you know, with, you know, I wasn't even, yeah, with, in the mid-twenties to teach uh, corporates <laughs> about the career changes and, and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, I did also NLP courses, different coaching courses, NLP, so neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis. 
And then uh, a couple of years ago, I uh, entered this like field of trauma, trauma recovery. So it's all again related to this inner child work that I do today. But I think it's like a big child in me that kept me going all these years. They kept saying, no, I want this uh, because I felt, capti- like I felt I was uh, captivated for almost 20 years in, a, in a, this family, in this environment. My childhood was literally like a prison. So my child uh, then just started saying, no, I don't want to, I don't know, finish this university. I want to do this. And I made such a crazy on the outside, <laughs> even to me and myself, such a crazy choices, but mm-hmm. I really followed me. So in all, like last 20 years, I gained myself the feel for what I want. Uh, and I don't have to think twice. I don't have to think hard. I know I feel what I want. Yeah. Uh, so I feel to end, so I feel the alignment with the inner child much more because I, I gave it, I kind of uh, let it out of prison, I think, over these years. I was helping uh, her to get out. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's really funny that I recognize so much, even though it's our stories start very differently. I recognize so much like during that process as well. With me, it also started with getting a lot healthier, losing weight, getting really into CrossFit, into sports. And then I've thought that's what I want to do. And then I realized no, I actually want to go deeper, like more into the emotions. And that's also what attracted me to very similar work as well. And um, I feel like sometimes when we make very bold and crazy decisions to the outside world, it can seem like, why is she doing that? For example, if you uh, quitting law study, um, and for me as well, because I also, like six months ago, I also stop my study as well and then to the outside world it can really seem really crazy but it just feels right in that moment and uh, what also helped me to make these decisions for myself was connecting to my inner child because a lot of times our inner child kind of knows what we really want and it isn't as programmed by the external world and yeah (laughs) yeah for me it's similar uh, to you know, when you start healthy eating, so first you don't know, you don't feel what's healthy for you. People say, I, I need to, my body's saying, of course, craves for, I don't know, McDonald's or fries. But uh, actually when you start clean, cleaning your system, so it's the same thing like I was told to be and to do things for so long that it was only possible for me to get back to myself when I was on my own, when I... Uh, I had, you know, those voices still, of course, you can't do this, you should be doing that. But I was following what was natural. So, yeah. And uh, I do resonate yeah, with you quite a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Because I also have, like the same interest really in psychology. So before I was actually thinking about switching. So the biggest that was also possible for me to switch to psychology. But then I really wanted to go as deep as I could get. And I think we cannot get that much deeper than trauma work because we really go into the root. Like we go back and it's the most difficult thing to do to go back to a lot of painful memories. Um, So I think that's why a lot of people can be afraid to do it. Um, But a lot of times when we actually go into it, 
we realize even though it can be painful to re-experience something, a lot of times it isn't as bad as we think or as we would imagine beforehand because at the same time you feel relief and release of all those things that were all like stuck inside of you. Yeah. yeah. But again, I, I often say it's not for everyone. You need to feel it. <laughs> you need to feel it and uh, everybody has their timing and everybody's different. So when people hesitate uh, or they have fears, you know, they're, they're just not ready. And it's not the judgment. Oh, you're not ready, but I'm ready. <laughs> or I'm stronger or better. It's not that. It's just, uh, you know, everything happens for the reason. And uh, yeah, so and there are techniques and tools for everyone. You know, I clearly and you we both needed this uh, kind of work and uh, yeah, we're both not afraid of diving deep or, or seeing because I see better and better results more, uh, uh, you know, more I know myself deeper. I know myself uh, and I'm kind of not afraid what I'm going to find out. It's actually, it's really self loving process and less uh, criticizing myself, shaming, judging, uh, uh, being hard on myself. So, this is what happened to me. Like I, for me, self-love was just a concept that would annoy me, <laughs> you know, 20 years ago. And now it's a concept that I, I really practice or I understand it better. I'm not saying that I mastered it, but it's just more uh, um, real to me. Uh, and it's not annoying anymore because I know how important this is to me. Yeah. And because I think the most loving thing to actually do is to be present with your own or also with someone else's pain. Because that's also when you're in a relationship with someone or you're with a friend. But the most loving thing to do is to be with them even though they're going through a hard time and to stay present with them. But I feel like a lot of times we forget that, to do that with ourselves. So, and we live definitely in a Western culture where we suppress everything and we learn it from such a young age that you just stuff it all up and what we see then a lot of times like years later it all comes up at once and it can feel very overwhelming so yeah what would you recommend for people who are kind of in a situation so they feel like oh all this stuff is now coming up and i don't know what to do with it so more from the past or from their childhood they feel kind of stuck what do you re recommend people in the, that situation? Well, I, I would recommend them to feel, you know, to feel what's the right thing because they can read uh, something uh, or they can watch something on YouTube or on, in a movie or they can hear about something which can maybe help them. And, uh, and they, can get, uh, they can gain interest about this technique, tool or... or you know, person who might be able to help them. So, you know, maybe to reach out and even if they don't work with them, ask for advice from someone who clearly works with this kind of things, so knows. Uh, and then also, you know, there's lots of free uh, uh, tools, you know, like that they can even find online, you know, free, uh, certain free exercises they can just, you know, first I would say maybe be with it and try and be, feel that, you know there will be like, even if you don't reach out to anyone else. Yeah. But also like there's my uh, life philosophy was always like, there's every problem has a solution. So there is, or what, why is this happening? You know, there must be a good reason. And, and it's always, I'm always saying when something is calling, it's not your enemy, 
when something is calling to be seen and it's so painful and as you said it's so much stuff uh, happening uh, uh yeah, because people in this, what it happens with the inner child work, I often joke because it is inner child. We, be, we are kind of, uh, we, have, we can have an approach as children instead of adults' uh, mature approach to the healing. So we also like a child, expect, oh, I want my ice cream and I want this and that, but I don't want to do work. <laughs> and at the end of the day, what they say, I want my cake and eat it too. So um, I often, when I work with people, uh, really I'm asking how committed they are to the work because it is a work and hard work and commitment of the time, energy, investment of money if they're going to work with someone as well. Yeah, yeah because I, but I do feel like it's always really helpful to reach out to someone because a lot of times what keeps us in pain is that actual isolation the feeling of isolation a lot of times can keep us really stuck. And that's also when I reached out to you, there was in a point where I realized like you can do so much inner work yourself. Um, but at some point, the best thing to do is just to have also someone else present with you. And I, I always feel more, most comfortable with someone who's more professional. So who's someone who knows a lot about the subject of trauma and all other kinds of things um, because they know how to guide you through the process because they're experienced in it and there's so much we can do by ourselves that's which can be really helpful in healing but i feel like we're humans and we all need connection and that a lot of times the most healing thing is to actually create a connection with someone else or to have someone else be present with you while you're in pain I think that's also what makes a lot of the trauma recovery and you have a lot of other methods and processes and tools that makes it so healing to have someone yeah. else there with you. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I often say we need, we shouldn't be afraid or ashamed or guilty of asking for help, which uh, happens often. I, and I often see it, especially with my male clients, because they especially were raised to be a strong voice. So now they, not just that they're asking for help, but they're asking for, uh, for help from a female, <laughs> which is again, against the cultural uh, beliefs. So I often say, because I'm really against uh, being someone crutch for, you know, years or decades, you know, I can be guidance, I can be support and help, but I often say, you know, I'm actually here to support you in the, in the most vulnerable time, in the most, you know, and don't be afraid, don't be ashamed that you are vulnerable right now. But, you know, we're, we're teaching people on, on this, on, on actually being emotionally open, on being vulnerable. And it starts with us, you know, <laughs> to be honest. Like for me personally, it's, uh, you know, I keep seeing this and I, I, I'm working on it and it's going to be work <laughs> for a while now also you know, being strong and feeling I need to be strong because the part of me survived and I needed to, you know, have it. So I was keeping it for so long uh, that, you know, sometimes it's, it's very hard for me to, you know, who can I actually admit that, you know, maybe I have like the fear or that I also don't have it all figured out. So, yeah. Uh, who is a teacher and who is a student? <laughs> I think we all stay students and there, what I also feel like is that 
I think it's also important to show people that no one is perfect. So even people who already went through um, resolving a lot of problems, a lot of issues, a lot of pain, it doesn't mean they're now reached a certain end destination. I don't think there's like this end destination for healing. And of course we can completely resolve the issue or you can completely process certain painful experiences, but we should also accept the fact that we're emotional beings and we'll continue to experience certain sadness and feel triggered sometimes or get really angry and, I think for a lot of people really into emotional work, it's also important to realize you don't have to be perfect, nice, and kind all the time. Because this is a lot of times what keeps us even more stuck. Um, because a lot of people are really kind and nice. They're, for example, afraid to set their own boundaries. And that's what I had as well. You want to be liked. You want to be loved. Uh, so, so you don't want any conflict. So what you do is you go into people, please. And... In that way, you kind of keep yourself stuck as well because you cannot really do what you really want and love to do. And it isn't other people that are keeping you there. It's you. And that's, I think, is also really important always to realize that, that you have the power to actually change it. Yeah, it's very interesting because this was a topic that I, I spoke about with a friend of mine recently about this softness, which is, you know, I, I was working uh, because I was, I was working on my own softness for so long because <laughs> I was very hard. <laughs> I come from the background, from the culture even, which is harder, harsher. So for me, softness is always like, you know, my polar opposite. And I was wanting to be soft. But what I've noticed, I actually said to a friend of mine recently, that it's very thin line in between softness like really hardcore softness where you you cannot you know you cannot stand up for yourself literally mm. because you're gonna hurt someone so you have to stay in a soft space you can't have boundaries you know you you just mentioned that or being too extreme hard there's very thin line in between so i'm also learning this and i'm really like having a dance with this soft and hard and i got actually told in a by uh, uh, one of my uh, uh, workshop at, at MV, how it's amazing how much I can be soft and then firm when they need to do the exercises. Because for me, it seemed to be now natural, more and more natural that it doesn't have to be uh, firmness in, in, in a hard, hard way, but uh, kind of uh, getting inner children to work when they have to do the, uh, the work in the, in the group. Yeah, because it can also be like, like setting boundaries doesn't always have to mean that you have to get like mad or angry or have to do it like in an aggressive way. And I think that's what a lot of people sometimes might think and feel. So that's why we have such negative associations with it. But a lot of times it's just saying what you want and communicating that to other people. And I feel like we should communicate more about what we feel and what's happening within us and that's always also the best way to set boundaries to also get clear on what is it what i want and and also communicating it to other people because it's also something i can struggle with and i recognize as being like the introvert so i 
I think and I contemplate and and it's all happening within but I a lot of times I forget to communicate it with the external world and with other people um, so they know what I actually want and doesn't come as a big surprise or uh, out of the blue that we communicate more because that's a lot of them we fear as well yeah and I feel like it's focusing on what instead of how I feel that this new age uh, spirituality is much more focusing on this how and on the expressions. It's actually, you know, reading between the lines, uh, it's actually more focusing on the message, on a clear message. And, uh, you know, when you said like, you know, person who is soft maybe is more concerned about how this message is going to, you know, whether, how they're going to say something. And they have so much stuff suppressed inside that this, they don't even know what they want or what they don't want because they're more concerned about pleasing, people pleasing, because that's, again, they're wounding. That's, again, where they're coming from. So we all have traumas that just like how different ways of dealing with it, different way of obviously the expression of that trauma. And this is where we have the dance in between soft and hard and, and learning from each other and, and, and getting to some kind of balance. And what I also feel like a lot of times trauma is this really negative associations. Um, and also that a lot of times we think that what trauma is, is like really extreme situations. So like rape, uh, like a lot of physical abuse, but a lot of times what we can't, don't forget to realize is that trauma can be very simple, very subtle, especially in childhood, because we forget to see things from a childhood perspective. That's what I've learned most about inner child work, is that we always look at things from an adult perspective and forget to see it. how was it for a child to experience something like this. And so how would you kind of explain trauma in a different way? that maybe creates, yeah, sketches like a bigger picture of it. Um, but I, I try actually not to even explain, you know, I, I often say to people, these kind of processes uh, are to be felt. So my workshops are when I do work, it's, uh, I even start straight away with some kind of uh, strong meditation or where they have to, uh, let's say connect with the inner child from the past or anywhere where they're already feeling where it's already feeling level because uh, i don't believe that the people can actually understand the trauma from you know just if they're gonna hear the words as you mentioned we're rationalizing it so much we're trying to comprehend and everything has to sit right with us but then as soon as we feel for example you know the traumas where uh, recently I worked with a client who her mom went abroad to work, you know, and I think she was coming back once a week. This week that she was away from her mom, she was with her grandparents and her father, you know. Uh, she felt absolutely abandoned and absolutely alone. She needed her mother, but she was rationalizing later on as adult. Well, but this wasn't a big deal and, you know, I shouldn't have blamed my mother or but only when you go into the wound. That's why it's extremely important for everyone who, who is aware that something is wrong. Let's call it something is calling for to be seen. Uh, instead of reading and re, you know, rethinking, and, and this is not going to help you to actually heal it. You know? If you feel something is wrong, stay with it, feel it, ask for help. This is the only way how you're going to actually understand trauma. 
because we can read about it a lot, but feeling it is, is the only way to heal, I feel, myself. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, because with the feeling, when we really dive deep into the feeling, we can actually access all those things. And I feel like a lot of times we try to talk about things or like you said, we think about it, we kind of try to mentally figure it out why things are the way they are. And all of times we can miss them, the most important crucial pieces. So I think definitely feeling is the best way to do it. And do you have any advice for like staying present with an uncomfortable feeling? Because that can sometimes be difficult for people. Yeah, I actually wanted to uh, also uh, add one more thing to this, what you were saying. It was a client of mine, a 50 years old man, who went into his uh, uh, um, infant uh, time, in, a, in his infant trauma. And my goodness, he has kids. And he was saying, I, I never felt what they feel. I never could understand unless they were crying, unless there was something obvious, oh, I need to change the nappy or they're hungry. He said, I really had no clue what my baby was going through because he was reliving his own uh, uh, infant period and, and his own uh, trauma when he was very little. And, and this helped him, for example, uh, a lot. Uh, to feel, gosh, there's so many, <laughs> so many ways. But I think first is uh, it's similar to meditation. It's similar just to be still. For some people, it's going to be harder for some uh, easier. But first thing is not to have expectations and maybe have a, you know, some kind of timer, you know, like set yourself five minutes, you know, or two minutes if five minutes is too long and try to stay and breathe just with your body. And don't expect now, I don't know, earthquakes in your body and expecting a sensation, strong sensations, emotions and feelings. But just observe and breathe and, and feel your body. That's it. And then like step by step, you know, go have a increase the time. Uh, you will be able to maybe be present more, present longer. And, and obviously if you struggle with all that, there are people who can guide you through this as well. Again, you are not, nothing is wrong with you. There's many of us, including myself, it's a much, much easier to be guided than uh, doing everything on my own. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. And I think it is always good I, this, to have like kind of a simple practice like that. For example, I do daily meditation, but I always mainly focus on the feeling. So what am I feeling and focus on certain sensations that might be happening in my body. Uh, and sometimes a lot of things come up. And if something comes up, I think it's always important to just allow it and to not judge it or say, oh, it's stupid to cry about something like that. Because a lot of times it has something deeper. And what I also learned is that over time, you, you start to recognize also in a lot of situations, oh, I'm not feeling well right now. And then it's a lot easier to see where it's coming from. It's like practicing that muscle. The same as with like training I have. You just, the more you do something, the better and easier and the more effortless it gets. It just becomes something you kind of start to do naturally. And it's also with emotional work. Yeah. yeah, and it can also help people to swap think, I think, I believe, with I feel. 
and yeah. uh, writing the field journal. Um, and also when we are with other people or in any circumstances uh, on our own, but sometimes we're focusing so much you know, on the other person. I often give this example in my group works as well. When, when I pair people or put them in a smaller groups and it's kind of like how they feel with certain person, instead of focusing how annoying that person is if they don't like her or <laughs> him or like her hair or, you know, it's just like, what am I feeling? And uh, what is the reason? What can be possibly maybe the reason that I feel this? Like, who is this person reminding me of or, or something like that? But I think it, it's so helpful to focus on how we feel in a certain situation instead of judging because we straight away go into comparison mm -hmm. with the person with us and, 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 and we, we do this automatically. We don't even have to think about it. Yeah, because that's what I definitely learned most and I'd say, oh, it's because of this or this or this that happened and that. I'm like, no, stop. Like in those moments, you just like kind of pause and like, what am I actually feeling? What is actually going on? And we have it with a lot of emotions, especially also with jealousy and things like that. It can be like that person. And it's more like, no, wait for a minute. Oh, this kind of reminded me of this, of this, or it uh, shows you that you might fear something from happening and just always feel into it. And then, a lot of times it's the same thing you said, like with solution solving, there's a solution for every problem. So when a negative emotion comes up, don't think something bad is happening or something is wrong with you. The first start questioning it and feel deeper into it. And a lot of times a solution can pop up like in that moment already, or when it's something like deep or, or something it feels more complex always feel yeah feel that you can ask other people for help and of course it's always good to ask for professional help but also find those people i feel like in your direct environment someone you can message or someone you can call and not that you always have to say oh everything is so amazing la, 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 my life is this and this most of it is weak you know i've been feeling really fucked up <laughs> I, mean, I haven't been doing well I've been feeling really anxious or depressed and then to feel like it's also okay to be a little bit down because we're always expected to be so happy or to be so perfect and that everything is amazing which in reality no one's life is always amazing or no one is always happy like it's not real yeah yeah that's just such a perfect point yeah and it's not about fixing because we're turned to fix ourselves you know i yeah. i think we often get so many emails or messages i get or questions from people how long is gonna like it's literally like when they ask me how long this is gonna take uh, i just got today like last email about this healing work i heard that like it's taking around two years and it's kind of all from the approach from fixing and that's actually where we just need to know this, those are wounds. I, I'm saying it's the same as if you would have an open cut, open wounds, you know, physical on your body and you go with it, fix it with a knife, you know, this must, uh, you know, be fixed right now. And this just means ointment needs, uh, and it's taking care and it's time as well. So it's the same when something is wrong, when we feel something ugly and negative comes up, it's actually, it just needs to be seen like a, or like a crying baby. 
which instead of fixing it, like, you know, uh, uh, we just need to listen to it and, and, uh, and allow it to, to unfold whatever wants to show itself to us. So. Yeah, I think that's the most powerful thing about inner child work is that you can see it from a totally different new perspective. And um, I feel like when you start to love and connect more to that child within you, you also start to be more kind, more loving towards yourself and others. And I think that's what makes it so powerful. Yeah. yeah. And seeing also the adults just grown-up kids, yeah. <laughs> especially when it comes to the situation where, you know, when we are not in our business settings, where when we are not composed, when we, it's not a learned behavior, but uh, like a real human behavior. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, we're just a big kids. And uh, it's just, it can be great to be a big kid if you feel healed, it's actually the world is your oyster, the world is your playground. You have a set of behaviors as an adult, but you can do so much because your imagination, your creativity, your freedom, your happiness level, your everything, even the drama is not, I mean, you allow yourself a drama and then you move on from it. So it's, there's no end of the world, uh, you know, when something happens. And then we can also live more in the present moment. And I think that's what's the amazing thing about children. You don't worry about what's going to happen that much in the future. Or they, they can really just live in the moment and play. And we still have that. We just a lot of times lost it or forgot it. And yeah, so it's always good to connect with that again. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And Angelique, I just really want to thank you for being here today. Um, yeah, I'm always learning from you. And uh, you really inspired me so much in my life. And I think you do amazing work. And you do it with a lot of passion. And you do it your way. And that's what I like about you. And so thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Sana. I also feel amazing being connected to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so Bye. much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.